This morning we are wrapping up our series in, of looking at the letters of the Thessalonians. So we are in 2 Thessalonians 3. Uh, just out of curiosity, everyone online, you can share, everyone in-house. Do you guys enjoy when we take time and we just work through a book like we've done all summer? We did it last summer, we did it this summer. Is this something that you would like to do more um, if you haven't seen it, on our bulletin, there is actually a survey that you can go and you can fill it out and say, I want more of this, or please never do this again, or whichever one you want. And then you can, I've even given you the privilege of saying, I want you to do an Old Testament book, or I want you to do a New Testament, or I have a very specific book that I want. I have this one book that I would love for you to just take time and go through. Pastor Mitch said this morning he wants us to do Revelation. I don't know. If, if there's like an overwhelming like response of, I want this book, then I will consider it. Um, so this, I, I, I do have to say, I have really enjoyed going through a book like this. And one of the things that I've enjoyed about it is topics come up that I don't naturally think of. And we can't just glaze over it. I... I think la it was last summer we were doing Colossians, and I kind of glazed over like half a chapter, and I had so many people upset with me. Like, you missed like a half a chapter. Well, it wasn't like pertinent to what I was talking. So anyways, I'll never do that again, but I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed talking about things that we haven't talked about in a while, topics that needed to be talked about, that are uncomfortable for us to hear, uncomfortable for me to talk about, but it doesn't change the fact that it needs to be talked about. So I have really enjoyed it, and I hope we will do more. Um, yeah, so a couple quick notes now that Redverse has joined us. I just want to let you know, next Sunday, uh, we have the privilege and honor of having Pastor Paul Israelson join us. Pastor Paul is our superintendent, which means He's kind of my overseer. He oversees all the Pentecostal churches of Saskatchewan. So he's coming down. It's going to be kind of a sharing, kind of a long overdue installation, like him recognizing me as the lead pastor. I've only been here for a year and a half, but you know, better late than never. Just come and get her done. Um, and we're actually dedicating... Levi next Sunday. So it's kind of a big Sunday. We're excited about it. We'll see a bunch of Redstones and Gerbrants hanging out, so it'll be good. Um, and then the following Sunday, as I said, is our kickoff Sunday. And we are doing something different for our kickoff Sunday. We are actually going to have all of our ministry heads, and as of right now, that'd be myself, Michelle, and Pastor Mitch. We're all going to stand up and we're going to share our heart for the rest of the year. Because coming out of COVID, it's kind of like kicking off a new year. We normally save all of our vision casting for January. We take the whole month to unpack the new vision. But coming out of COVID, it's kind of like this brand new, fresh start. We really felt like the best way to kick off this new season was for us to share and say, this is what these different ministries are going to look like. Here's what youth's going to look like. Here's what kids is going to look like. Here's what men's ministry is going to look like. And ladies and everything that we have in store. So I say that to you, that you would take the next couple of weeks and just be prayerful about the opportunities that you would be open to jumping into. What are the ministries that you're like, you're kind of interested in, I hope they bring it up, or just open to like getting involved and finding your spot 
Because our big heart for all of these things is just getting back to creating community. A community of believers to celebrate together, to pray together, to bear one another's burdens, to just be together once again. So that's all coming. I don't want to say too much because it's coming up in two weeks. Um, but anyways, so we are in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, the grand conclusion. So without any further lead up, here we go. Start, oop, there you go. Which book would you like to do next? I forgot that was there. So everyone online, throw it in there, leave it in the comment section, uh, do the survey in the bulletin. But which book would you like to do next? Okay, now verse 1 of chapter 3. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. So Paul opens up chapter 3, and he really has these two big prayer requests, something that he is asking of the church, but also communicating. This is something that we are praying for you guys as we are going through. <clears throat> and one of the things that you're, this chapter, <laughs> this morning is going to be a little different for me. Um, one of the things I've learned about Paul as we go through all of his letters is he is actually very open and very vulnerable. He's very honest about not only how these truths of impact each and every one of you as the church, but also how is it impacting him as the pastor. And so as I was praying and thinking, Matt, the Lord was like, Matt, it's time for you to like open up and share, and this is how this is affecting you. So there's a little bit of vulnerability involved this morning, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so the first thing that Paul asked for prayer, he asked for prayer for their pastors. He tells the church, you should be praying for your leaders. And in this case, he's talking about himself and Silas or Silvanus, depending on which uh, language we're talking about. Silas was Greek, Silvanus was Hebrew. Uh, so he had both names. But he's saying, pray for your pastors. Pray for the leaders that are praying for you and leading you. And Paul's heart is not actually for himself. Right? We saw in the passage, he's like, pray for us so that the word of God would be advanced, so that the word of God would not be hindered. Pray for us to be delivered from evil men so that the word of God can reach everybody it needs to reach. He's not really asking for prayer for himself. He's actually saying, pray for us because we are instruments of God's word advancing to the world. So pray for us for the sake of the gospel. Pray for us for the sake of the kingdom reaching everyone it needs to reach. Pray for us that we would be protected because I don't want evil men hindering the word of God going to where it needs to go. It's not really about him. He wants to be strong for the cause that God has placed on his life. He wants to be strong so that people can be saved. He wants to be strong, but he doesn't want to be strong for himself. He doesn't want to be protected for himself. He wants to be protected he wants more churches planted. He wants more people to come into the life-changing relationship of Jesus and experience the grace and mercy that is only found in him. And so this morning, as I want to echo Paul in saying, please remember to be praying for us as your leaders. 
Because ministry comes with a lot of challenges that, in all honesty, is very hard to communicate. Because it is such a different life than your regular work. I know every job says that, but ministry really is different. There are different pressures, there's different challenges, and we can't always communicate it clearly in a way that everyone can understand, but it doesn't change the fact that we are really struggling and really like, I need help. And so as I was thinking about what are some ways for you to pray for us, I was thinking in particular, you pray for Pastor Mitch and I as we are transitioning into this new season of ministry. I'm still trying to figure out what it means to be a lead pastor. Like, I have, still have no idea what I'm doing, and I've been at it for a while, because the, the, the change from youth pastor and support staff to lead is radically different, and there are things that I was never taught that I'm still learning. You're like, oh, I have to do that. Oh, can I call up all the lead pastors that I've worked for? Um, A, why didn't you teach me this? And two, how do I do this? And, you know, I've got some good guys that are really supportive. You know, now that it's Louis's job to be supportive of me, I can call him anytime I want. Hey, you made a mess. How do I fix it for No, I'm just kidding. I don't, <laughs> I would never say that. But anyways, it's, but it's a big transition, and even like, as I was thinking about it, even for Mitch, he's been awesome, he's been settling really well, but it's a big transition from being a student and being a volunteer to being the guy that's in charge and planning and building a team, and, and it is a very steep learning curve. And so please be praying for us for wisdom that we would be growing in the calling that we have been placed in. Um, that we continue to work well together. Um, so that's important. Um, I, and so as I'm, <laughs> additionally, you'll be praying for Darren, as Darren has the great challenge of trying to be the ministry head of Redverse and still being a manager of a massive corporation, managing so many people, so many different offices, and he balances it so well, but I know that it is challenging at times. And so you're going to be praying for Darren, and you're going to be praying for Michelle, because she is the one behind all of us supporting us. She is the one plugging holes, she is the one taking phone calls, and she's awesome, and I'm tearing up. Because I love my wife, and I don't like to see her struggle. happened last night when I was preparing. I was hoping I would got it all in my system, but I did not. Um, stuff. And I long for your prayers. Because ultimately, it's not about us. Ultimately, our heart is for you guys. I want to see you grow. I want to see you succeed. I want to see you be all that God has called you to be. And I don't want, we don't want our weakness to get in the way of that. We don't want our struggles to get in the way of you being all that you can be that God has called you to be. I'm good. <laughs> Tim's offering Kleenex for everyone online. I'll be fine.
<laughs> um, so our prayer really isn't for us. When you pray for us, it's really uh, help me help you. Help us be strong for you. Help us have the wisdom to help you when you have questions, when you are struggling. And for us to be praying for you because we want you to succeed. We want you to grow. And anytime you pray for us, it really isn't about us. But we still want your prayers. We still need your prayers. And so never forget <laughs> in your prayer list to be praying for us as your leaders. And by extension, not just us, but, you know, Pastor Paul's coming. Pastor Paul has had such a huge challenge. He took over an entire district, almost 60 churches, two, like five months before COVID hit. And so he had to figure out how to lead all of us as we were scrambling to figure out how we were going to lead in our situation. And he's done really well. And so, but we need to honor him and we need to be praying for him as well. And so many, there's so many people I could list off, but just be mindful that as your leaders, as your pastors, it is tough. And we do long for the prayers of our people. So Paul says, pray for your people, pray for your pastors, and pray for the church. Be praying for everybody that, you, that comes and calls one church their own. Paul was talking about, <clears throat> I've forgotten everything Paul was going to say. Paul's praying like, that you would be established in the love of God, that you would be established in the steadfast, unchanging, solid foundation that is found in Christ. That you would... And we, we don't just, that doesn't just happen. We can't just figure that out on our own. We need to be praying for one another. We need to lift one another up because as we succeed as a body, then it, our impact in the community grows. We talked about a couple months ago, as a church led by the Spirit, one of the things that we would covet and fight for above all else is unity. Because we have an evil one, we have an enemy that is constantly trying to create disunity and discord and hard feelings and unforgiveness and bitterness. And Paul says, pray for one another that, these, that the schemes of the enemy would not get in, but that you would be established, that your hearts would know the love of God, that your hearts would know the depth and the width and how amazing and endless the love of God is, and that you would be firmly founded in the teachings and the grace and the forgiveness that Jesus laid before us. Um, so yeah, two big prayer points. Pray for your leaders and pray for the church. And that took up way too much time because the next portion is the next, the big one. So Paul then transitions. And we talked about a little bit a couple weeks ago how Paul is really adamant that the church not be idle that the church would be people who are working and have good reputation in the community because of how hard we work. And Paul picks it up in the second letter because apparently things haven't gotten better. They've actually gotten worse. And so Paul has some really strong words for the church of Thessalonica. And uh, anyways, we're going to see it right now. Verse 6. Now we command you, brothers... In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness. Let me repeat that. That you would keep away from any brother who's walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. If I'm asking for a response, I have three levels of people in the back of my head. I have people who respond, they're going to just knock it out of the park, they're going to do awesome. 
middle level, like, they are going to get involved. They could, they couldn't. I'm going to be happy if they do. I, I'm not going to be surprised if they don't. And I have the low-level people that if they do respond, I'm just going to fall off my chair. I was not expecting you, but I am pumped that you are here. Perfect. And the problem with the having this in the back of my head is that all too often these high-level experts these high-level people, I'm like, they're going to come. It's going to... When they don't show up, I take it personally. And instead of, as Paul said, coming alongside and warning them as a brother and as a sister saying, hey, how come you're not coming out to this? I really thought you'd want to be a part of this. I regard you as an enemy. Because in the back of my brain, I think you know better. And because I'm working on it. And the reason I want to open up about that is because I want to apologize if anyone has felt that distancing or that hardship from me saying felt like I was treating you as an enemy I am really sorry it's part of my growth it's part of my trying to lead well and not anyways if you have been hurt I'm honestly heartfeltly I know one-on-one I just don't know who I've hurt by this I just don't know how big the impact has been but I know because of how I respond, because of my expectation and my hurt that I can cause hurt not knowing it, not wanting to. And so if I have hurt you, I'm sorry. I apologize. I hope you can forgive me. I hope you can, we can move past this. And the reason that I say that is because as we move into communion, Jesus said in Matthew that, in Matthew 6, talking about anger, he said, if you go down for the sacrifice in the temple and you remember that you have a, grief, a grievance about your brother or your brother has something against you, leave the sacrifice at the altar and go make things right. And as we come into communion, we're not offering a sacrifice per se, but we are entering into the sacrifice that Jesus made for each and every one of us. And Paul in 1 Corinthians has very strong warnings that we do not participate in communion in an unworthy manner because if we do, we will, drink, we will eat and drink death onto ourselves and so as we come into this communion time and as we come into this this act of remembrance and anticipation of christ's return i want to make things right i don't want any grievances i don't want any hurt and i encourage you that as i set the example that you would do the same thing that as we come into communion that you would be prayerful that you would be reflective and that you would think about are there any grievances? Are there any hurts? Is there anything going on that needs to be made right so that you do not take communion in an unworthy manner? And I'm not expecting people to stand up and run out of church to make things right, but I would ask that you would commit in your heart before the Lord to say, you know what, I do need to make this right. God, God first and foremost, forgive me for having these thoughts, for having caused this hurt, and help me have an opportunity this week to make it right. Help me have that opportunity, that random conversation with whoever I need to have and just say, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that I hurt you or I'm sorry that I've hurt hell on this bitterness. I'm sorry. Fill in the blank and make it right with your brother or your sister or whoever it is that God leads on your heart. Heavenly Father, may your peace reign in our hearts. May we be peacemakers. As you said, Jesus, that if we would be peacemakers, we would be called, the peacemakers would be called sons and daughters 
of God. And so may we step into that peacemaker. Father, may we not be idle. May you speak to us over the next couple of weeks. Show us how we can get involved. Show us where we fit into the scheme of one church so that on September 12th, we are ready to hear the vision, to hear the heart, and to step into everything you're calling us to as a church. May we be founded. May nobody grow weary in doing good works. And may your peace reign in our hearts. And Father, above all else, I thank you for the truth that you are with us in all things. And may we honor you in all that we do and all that we say. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. We got one more song. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Remember to come out next week as we got Pastor Paul coming and sharing with us. But have a great week. God bless. And we look forward to seeing you later. If you'd like to stand and sing with me, that'd be great. But just uh, I've been really encouraged by hearing hearing all the voices in here today singing with me.
Jesus.